Yes. Well, this morning, I'm looking at the uh, psalm that talks about Psalm 139, uh, verse 14. And um, it says, I will praise you. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Miraculous. Um, I'm going to make sure I get this right. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So, as I was looking at this uh, particular psalm, it is, it is thought that David wrote this whenever he was, the, the Ark of the Covenant was coming back to Jerusalem, and that he wrote this in such a time and a place that it was considered a psalm of thanksgiving. And it, it doesn't, in one sense, it seems, like, well, that's a pretty difficult psalm to, to put it in with thanksgiving as thanksgiving to God, but what David is doing, he is looking at himself and how that God has made him and how that God has uh, been with him through the difficult times and, and the uh, good times. And David is thanking God for who he is. And that is a psalm of thanksgiving to God. And as we look at this, um, there's a number of translations that go into this, but it says, I praise you because I am fearfully, I am amazingly and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. So whenever we are looking at that and we're saying, God, I thank you for I am amazing. <laughs> now, uh, we would kind of back up a little bit there. There's nothing amazing about me, you know. <laughs> I'm just ordinary, I'm just what, you know, whenever we start doing the I'm just, we know that we are not just. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not just in our assessment, we're not just in how that we are looking at this, and, you know, it would be considered arrogant and prideful to go around and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm the most wonderful guy in the world, I'm Mr. Marvelous, and sometimes all we have to do is look no further than some of our athletes to, uh, to get this um, sense, of, um, sense of wondering how on earth could they ever become that arrogant, you know? <laughs> but in one sense, in another way of looking at this, there needs to be an understanding that being humble isn't saying I'm a worthless worm of the dust. Uh, being humble is recognizing that we are having the same, wanting to have the same understanding of our life as Jesus did, his same attitude about himself and about his mission, that there is nothing impossible for him to do, but yet being equal with God, he doesn't have to cling to it. He doesn't have to throw it out there in front of everybody. I am God, you know, and some of the first people that Jesus told that he was the son of God, that he is the Messiah, were people of a different culture, <laughs> were people, the one of the, um, the woman at the well in which Jesus announced that he was the Messiah. And, you know, she would be the least of individuals to whom he would seemingly announce this because she had five husbands and the guy she was married to or living with was not her husband. And Jesus reveals to her who he is. So whenever we start looking at amazing, when we start looking at ourselves, we need to understand that God has made us amazingly different. <laughs> that God has put within us amazing differences and amazing talents. 
that we, we would think, well, I'm just ordinary, but ordinary is ordinarily different. I am, I am unique. <laughs> I am a complex, one of the words used in this uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, is that I am a complex person, complexly, complex, the complexity of how I am put together, how that the cells and all that come together and function and renew and renew themselves and they keep going on. So thank you for making me a wonderfully complex person that you are working to, and, and um, what does it say? Your workmanship is more marvelous. I can't even read my own writing. That your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That's what a New Living Translation has of this psalm. It's talking about, I thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Hmm. You know, we were at the symphony last night, and the, uh, there was an individual who composed, a local individual composed a symphony. And um, it was uniquely, <laughs> it was unique to say the least, but yet it was wonderfully complex um, with the entire symphony coming together. And, you know, you think of the genius of individuals who are able to write symphonies, you know, Beethoven and Mozart. And, I mean, to be able to hear the whole symphony in their head and write it all down. You know, I can't even listen to the radio without getting it confused, you know. But, uh, you know, <laughs> turning the channels, you know. But we find that there is, there, is a, there is a complexity about us that is different and makes us unique. You know, the Genesis says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man after our image and our likeness. We have the likeness of God, meaning that there's more to us than what we just see. God created the heavens and the earth, and there's more to God than what we see. You know, we can have the winds and the storms and the spring, the fall, the winter. You know, our, our climates change and the world changes and the universe changes, but yet it's still consistent. And yet it's God. It's complex, but yet it's simple. We take it down to seasons and tides and the rotation of the sun and so on. So God is, God is not this person that we can just, you know, he makes it simple enough for a child to understand it and so complex that the greatest minds can't conceive of it. So God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish and the fowl and over the cattle and over the earth. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So we want to talk about uniqueness, talk about the uniqueness between a man and a woman. <laughs> You know, you know, if you ask, um, if you ask a, a, a couple, you ask a man to come to lunch and he'll say, what for? And you ask a woman to go to lunch and she'll say, what time? You know, <laughs> you know, we don't have to, you know, men, we have to have a reason. Ladies, they don't have to have a reason. It's just, oh yeah, we'll be there. So we're just different ways of looking at the universe, looking at our life and looking at ourselves. Psalm 92, verse four and five says, for you, Lord, have made me. <laughs> You've made me glad through your work. I will triumph. Uh, Psalm 104, how manyfold are your works and wisdom you have made them. Psalm 112, the work the works of the Lord are great. All who find joy in them try to understand them. So here we are looking at our, our life and being thankful for who we are. And, but 
as we look at God and try to understand God, we are trying to understand what is it that makes us different? What is it that makes us unique? What is it that makes me who I am? You see, that's something we need to under, understand. What makes me so unique? I'm God's masterpiece. God, I'm amazing. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. What's, is this denial? Is this some kind of, is this some kind of uh, psychosis that we're supposed to have that life is more than what I, what I imagined and if I imagine that I'm rich, that I become rich? No, it's talking about how that our life can change. Because we see something different about us, we see God's hand and God's blessing upon our lives. And David, he sees this, this psalm here. It's be one that we need to you know, go home and read and, and look over it a, a thousand times because it talks about how the God knew us when we were yet in our mother's womb and he formed us and he planned us. You know, he saw our bones. He saw the innermost workings of our life. He saw all of that. And he loves us. He made us unique. He made plans for our life before we were even born. I'm amazing. I have talents to meet. I have talents and abilities to do what I haven't arrived at yet in my life. God is there. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm wonderfully made. I am talented. I'm an original. God has given me everything that I need to become who I am called to be. But we're not there yet. We still have a ways to go. And you see, this is David's talking about God and his relationship with God and declares that what God had done was wonderful. Okay? Now, is that how we start our day? <laughs> we start our day saying, David, what a wonderful man you are. I do that every day. No, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> you know, I wish. You know, it would be better for Rhonda and everybody else around if I said, David, it's a wonderful day, you know? Yeah, but we have problems that we have to solve and people we have to meet and difficulties we have to face. God, do you know how busy I am? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, people may think they are being humble by making themselves and tearing themselves down, but that's not humility. That's just destructive tendency. Oh, I'm not that talented. <laughs> No, we should be bold like David. We should be bold like David and recognize that I'm amazing. And I am a masterpiece. God made me, and he doesn't make junk. <laughs> I'm equipped, I'm empowered, and I'm talented, and I have abilities that I haven't even tapped yet. Now, is that how we think of ourselves? Okay, I've said all of that, you know. Is that how we think of ourselves? Well, we start, of course, we'll start thinking, well, I have limitations, I have this, I have that. But I have a, I have a video that I want uh, Jose to play, and it takes about eight minutes for this. And I know it's a long video, uh, but you'll see it proves the point that we need to look at our lives that we are amazing.
computer crash. Well, you see, <laughs> the, he does get up. <laughs> and the point that we're looking at here is how that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but all of us have difficulties. And how we approach ourselves, and David is outlining for us in this psalm, he's outlining for us how we need to approach who we are, how we need to approach who God is, and how that God is wanting to work in our lives, and the difficulties we face are not that God has given up on us, but the difficulties that we face show us that God is interested in where we're going. And whenever we allow the, uh, our faith and we allow God to work in our lives, we find that um, God is helping us to get back up. God is helping us to get up one more time. David, whenever he was, uh, he was anointed king. You know, you, you know, sometimes we think of the, these guys in the Bible, you know, everything worked out pretty good for them. Well, when, when Samuel came to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons king, Jesse didn't even invite David to come in <laughs> because David was this kid who, ruddy kid they called him, you know, you know, ruddy, you know, flopped hair everywhere and, you know, this kid who's watching sheep and Jesse didn't even invite him in. And when the prophet came to anoint one of his sons, you know, he goes to each of them and they're, they're not the one. And then Samuel says to Jesse, do you have another son? He says, oh yeah, there's one more. He's out in the shepherd. He's out watching. Bring him in. <laughs> Jesse anoints David as king, okay? Then where does David go? Does he go to the palace? No, he goes back out to the field to watch sheep. Wait a minute. He's anointed king, and he goes back out to the shepherd's field? Yeah. Because he wasn't, even though he was anointed for that position of king, he wasn't prepared to become king. So David then went back out to the shepherd's field and practiced his slingshot, you know, knocking birds off and knocking lions off and knocking bears off and killing them and protecting his sheep. And then one day he ends up at the battlefield and taking food to his brothers and his brothers love to see him. They say, David, what are you doing here? Who's watching that little flock of sheep you're supposed to be looking over? <laughs> that was his brother's. You see, David went there to help them, you know, give them some food and, you know, bribe their commander, you know, give some, give some food to the commander of that garrison so that, you know, he lets, lets him know that my boys are taken care of and uh, Jesse sends food to him. And, of course, David's put down and Saul wants to make him <laughs> wear his armor, wants to change him, become something you're not. Because you want to go fight that giant, you can't do it the way you are. You see, this is the problem that, that, that we have. We have been created in the image of God, and we want to be like somebody else. Rather than being the person God has called us to be, we want to be someone else. Because they're rich and famous. They're a model. <laughs> they get straight A's. They're genius, you know? But you see... If you were someone else, if you could become someone else, their life would be a burden to you because it would be really strange. So rather than looking at who we are and thinking we're so out of it, we need to look at who God has made us to be. And this psalm talks about um, 
that my God investigate me. Psalm 139. God investigate my life. I am an open book to you. You see, God knows our thoughts. He knows the intentions of our heart. Uh, I'm never out of his sight. As you read through this psalm, you find we're never out of God's sight. I look behind me and God is there. Uh, I look ahead of me and God is there. Your reassuring presence is there when I'm coming in and going out. God, this is too much for me to understand that I'm never out of your presence. If I'm never out of his presence, I'm never out of his protection. I'm never out of his blessing. And even though he knows my thoughts and intents, he doesn't turn his back on me. He always loves me. And he's waiting there, and David goes on. He says, is there any place that I can go from your presence? If I take the wings of the morning and go to the, you know, as fast as the sunlight can travel from one mountain peak to another, you're there. If I descend into the lowest parts of the earth, then I go clear down into hell. God, you're there. <laughs> and he said, um, then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. <laughs> At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. <laughs> oh, yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. Do you imagine this guy? <laughs> you know, God, you formed me in my mother's womb. You shaped me. You gave me everything that I need. Now, when he was going to school, he never dreamed of being a motivational speaker. He now runs two companies. <laughs> He now has uh, many books, and he's in one of the videos. You should see him swim, <laughs> surf. <laughs> this guy with no arms and legs. He's married and has children. Imagine, here we are looking at how incomplete we are as a person. And we're not incomplete at all. <laughs> we're not incomplete at all. God is the missing ingredient, and at the end of the video, it talks about how that Jesus Christ is where he gets his strength. And see, our faith is more than just, you know, something we exert on Sunday and put on whenever we believe, and whenever we don't believe, we take it off. It is something that is an intricate part of who we are as a person, and it gives us the strength to go about living going about our ordinary everyday life or going in and our coming out life, that God is aware of all of the pain and all the sorrows and all the difficulties that we face, and he's been there with us the whole way through. And our logic says, well, God, if you've been there the whole way through, why did I have them? Because those difficulties will make you who you are. And God's Spirit will make you, help you become who we need to be. You see, because God helps us look at the difficulties differently. We, never, you know, we have to have a file. <laughs> we have to have a file. I, I often, you know, people say, you know, working in the, in the hospital and things, you know, why does this happen? Why did that happen? You know what? I have a file. And the file says, I don't know. <laughs> There's an I don't know file. I don't know why things happen the way they do. Boom, it goes in there. Now, there are some things I can try to explain. There are some things that I can see and, you know, logically put together and, you know, figure this out, figure that out. It doesn't mean that it's right, but that's the process that you go through. 
But there's an I don't know file. It's the trust God file. And in our life, there's a trust God file. God, I don't know why this happened the way it did, but I trust you. And you are going to work in my life, and you are with me. And as David in his psalm says, <laughs> I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm unique. I'm, 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 I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, the way the body is put together, I'm amazing. And then my talents, they're amazing. You've anointed me to be something. But it doesn't mean I'm there yet, David. He had to be anointed as a kid and then he you know, fought Goliath and then uh, ran away for 13 years hiding from Saul until he finally became king and he was anointed again king. You know, and David sinned with Bathsheba and you know, his, that, that whole scenario and God wasn't done with him. It isn't our failures that mark our life. It's our ability to trust God enough to get up and to believe and to ask God to help us take our next step. David says, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. And all the stages of my life were spread out before you. You know, from conception to birth. And then all the stages of my life are set out before you. The amazing thing I, I, I think of is God knows every decision we're going to make. Now, we have to understand this. We make the choice. You know, we, our life isn't, we just wake up and God, direct, you know, God somehow, work, no, you, you choose. We each make those choices. You know, I, I think of the story of the, you go into a banquet room and there's a thousand seats in the banquet room and there's, there's a name tag at every seat, but they're all turned face down. <laughs> you know, so you go around and you choose where you're going to sit. And whenever you turn the name tag over, your name's there. God knew you were going to sit there, but you had to choose to sit there. So, in the choices that we make, God is there helping us understand that while we are here in this spot, in this place, God is there with us. We can't be in the dark because there is no dark. Not to God. And, there, and the failures, they're, they're not of concern to God. He's already paid those prices. He's already given us options and power and strength and abilities and wisdom and understanding that we are able to deal with these things and move on. And why do they happen? I don't know. That goes in the I don't know file. But God is with me. So God is with me. God is with me. I am amazing. And it isn't, it isn't that we don't fall down. It's that we have to keep getting up. And it isn't we don't make mistakes. It's that we keep learning and growing. And that God is interested in us and we give thanks to him. <laughs> give thanks with an open heart. Let the weak say that I am strong. Let the poor say that I am rich. We are confessing our faith and how that God is going to work in our life. And everything in our life, the Bible says, all things work together for good. Everything in our life is like a piece of the puzzle that will fit together. 
And we don't know how it's all going, but at the end, every piece will have a place in our puzzle and our life will be complete. Because God knows the end. He's back here now working with us to understand that each piece is important. And we handle it with love and care. And we handle it with the understanding that God loves me. And he has a purpose for me. And my life has value. Not because somebody else says it has value, but because God says it has value. So we make a decision. (laughs) We make a decision to stop hurting ourselves, to stop putting ourselves down, stop focusing on the flaws and the comparisons, and start looking at our Creator who has created us in His image and His likeness. Hmm. It's a time to get in agreement, to realize how much we are loved, how much God appreciates us, how unique He has made us, and how specific We have been created to be that person God wants us to be. How specific this guy was created to be the person he is to affect millions of people. It couldn't have happened if he had two legs and two arms. But his difficulty made him unique, which he overcame to become an inspirational speaker. (laughs) So our difficulties, they're not that bad. Our differences are only because we compare somebody else's strengths with our weaknesses. God has a place. God has a plan. God, you are amazing. (laughs) I am amazing because I'm made like him. (laughs) God, you are amazing. And God says, I've made you amazing too. That DNA that's in me is in you. Amen? Let's stand. So I am God's creation. This is, this is what I wrote for my concluding thoughts. I am amazing. I am God's creation. His life is in me. His spirit breathes in me. His plans for me are for good and not evil. Nothing can separate me from him or him from me. All things, present, past, future, good, bad, and ugly, all things fit together for good. So look for the good. Look for God, and you'll find it. God, thank you for hearing our prayers and knowing our needs and touching our lives. God, we thank you that you heal the brokenhearted. You set the captives free. You bless us in ways that we weren't looking for. And God, we find ourselves safe in your hands. So we ask God that you you wash away our sins, our failures. Forgive us, O God, of whether we've sinned in thought, word, or deed. Forgive us, Lord. Wipe those things from our plate, from our lives. And Lord, we begin begin again as we get up again in your presence and in your spirit. So bless us. Bless our lives. Bless our families. Bless our work. Bless each day, O Lord, because we are amazing. Amen? I am amazing. Say that. I am amazing. 
Why? Because I serve an amazing God and his DNA is in me. So turn to somebody and say, you know what? You're amazing. <laughs> Amen. And we go downstairs. <laughs>